Today's podcast in the Millionaire University is dedicated to the husbands, the wives, the boyfriends, the girlfriends, the kids, anybody who is in a relationship with an entrepreneur. I have been married to an entrepreneur for almost 20 years, and I want to share 20 tips that have helped Justin and I to not just survive, which, you know, sometimes we bet in survival, but to actually thrive because being married to an entrepreneur is a ride. I like to say it's like being married on steroids. It's got some amazing highs and sometimes some lows. And how do you survive both of those? Now, I know not everyone is married to an entrepreneur, but that's the experience I've had. So I'm going to speak to that, but feel free to put these tips into the context that currently fit your life. Okay, tip number one, you are married to someone who is really good at big picture, big vision, big ideas. So for example, we are traveling right now. If I was walking down an unknown alleyway and somebody was coming at me to attack me and my children, Justin would be killer in that situation. There's a big idea, big drama, big emotion, big situation. He knows how to handle controversy. He loves the big situations. But you know where he really struggles? In the little things. If there were two scenarios that I were to give Justin, I would tell you which one he would kill it in and the other one which he would struggle. Number one, he would do really well if someone were about to attack me or say something verbally mean to me or attack our family or something was going to come at us and hurt us or there's some high drama situation, he would be able to handle that with ease and he'd actually enjoy it. You put these big visionary thinkers into big situations and they thrive. But throw them into the daily family life of the mundane little details that come in and out of your everyday living situation. Sometimes they really struggle and flounder and almost feel like they are drowning. So Justin might have this ability to create a billion dollar company. But if you have him sit down and work on homework or jobs with his kids, he fritzes out and doesn't quite know how to handle it. He's really good at big picture, big things, but little details every single day, he really struggles. I'd much rather throw him where there's this big life-threatening situation than to have him fill out some paperwork or go shopping at the grocery store or deal with angsty teenagers who are tired and are complaining about the food on our vacation. This is an important thing to understand when you're in a personal relationship with someone who's really good at big ideas, but sometimes really struggles at the small day-to-day things. Because you will watch your person go and do these incredible big things in front of these big groups and audiences, take these big risks, but then see them really struggle in very simple little things that to you are like, really? Like, is this really bothering you right now? How are we not dealing with this well? And you can really get in your head about that. Oh man, they're putting all their time and energy over here. And you know, all these other people get the best treatment. And then sometimes they can't even deal with the little things. And you might feel like the little things that you deal well with aren't as big of a deal. It's been important for me to understand this because it helps me to know where to, in a way, put Justin where he will succeed and where he will thrive. That doesn't mean I handle everything at home and he handles all these other things. It means I try to put him in situations where he's the most successful. And obviously he's trying to do that as well. And I try to handle the things that I'm a little better with. So sometimes there's conflict because I'm like, I'm handling the simple day-to-day things well. Those things are really easy for me where I struggle with some of these big risk items that he likes to take on, but he's so good at those. So if I know and acknowledge that he has a strength here and I have a strength here, then we can kind of put ourselves in situations that allow us to be more successful. It also allows me to be really appreciative of who he is and not get annoyed in the day-to-day things that I'm like, really? 
Can you not handle this? Why is this not working well? So for example, we're traveling, we're on vacation, and there are a lot of little details. Every four to five days, we are moving to a new location, a new home, a new space, which means for me, there are a lot of little details that I need to handle and deal with to make sure that goes well with a family of five and all of their belongings in a suitcase traveling from place to place, country to country while doing homeschool, while running a business, while having an enjoyable time on this trip. So I do well with those details. I like planning things out. Where are we going to go? How it's going to happen? What we're going to do? So we'll go to a new place and the family asks me, where are we going? What's the login for the internet? What's the code to get in the house? What's the code to get in the door? And sometimes I get in my head and I get bothered like, how does Justin not know these little details? Why is he forgetting this all the time? Why does he keep asking me all these questions? But then he can hop on a call and have this big, huge vision. And I'm like, dang, that's so cool. He has such great ideas. And he can kill it on these podcasts and these advice he gives and the things that he teaches. And it's easy to get frustrated and think, okay, why can he be so good over there, but not be so good here? And then before you know it, you're distant, you're bothered, you're at each other's throat, you're disconnected, and you're not even enjoying this epic vacation that your family's on, right? And so it's really helpful to know this is his strength. This is my strength. How do we help those to work together? How do we also have some of this area where I'm kind of in his space and he's kind of in mine? Because I'm not just going to take the whole family situation to handle it myself. And he's not going to take the whole business situation, but we play to our strengths. And in the places where we overlap, we do our very best. We literally had a conversation this morning while we were on a morning beach run in Waikiki about how frustrated he is with the kids and how they're not grateful for the food that we have for them. And in my mind, I'm going, that really is no big deal. This is so easy. Like to me, I expect teenagers to act a certain way. And sometimes he Fritz is going, how are they not handling this? Why is this not this? And when he can handle something so big and so scary for a lot of the world, but some of these smaller details, he just is fritzing on. And so it's really, really helpful to know and understand their brains work differently sometimes, their minds work differently. And to be patient with that and be teachable on both ends, they're going to teach you a ton. You're going to teach them a ton and you're going to take your strengths and weaknesses and create something really cool. Okay, tip number two. Running a business is an emotional experience. At least for me, at least for Justin, there is a lot of emotion. There's a lot at stake. There's a lot riding on what you're doing. So I'm basically a part-time therapist. There is a lot that comes up in a business. There are problems that need to be solved. There are different things that need to be handled. And if you're married to an entrepreneur, whether you're working with them or not, they will need someone to talk to. And so I've done a lot of studying on my own on how to handle emotions, how to handle situations, a lot of emotional development and need for maturing because there are things that come at us. And if we can't handle them well, our emotional battery will be drained. We will be no use. We'll have no vision. We won't be able to do any good. And it's really, really hard when that emotional battery gets drained. So get used to knowing that this big dream, this big idea that your spouse has is going to push them to their limits. And you're going to hit emotional roadblocks, speed bumps. Things that they are going to need to talk about, vent about, work through, and sometimes that becomes you because they have a vision and they don't want to take these vents, these complaints, these frustrations that they have with the people that they're working with or the projects that they're working on. And they don't want to take that negative energy to that project, to that business relationship. But a lot of times it needs to get worked out. And so you become the person that they talk to, that they share their innermost frustrations and things that excite them and and the passion that they have. Now, I've also found in a lot of marriage business relationships that sometimes the person more involved in the business will hide a lot of this from their spouse because they're afraid that they'll burden them. They're already burdening their spouse because they're taking this risk and they're risking their finances and they're taking more time away from the family and they hold all of this emotional burden inside of them because they just don't want to burden their spouse that they already feel like they've overburdened with this new startup or this new business idea or this business that's been going on for a long time. This is also a place you don't want to be because at some point it's going to come out. It's going to explode. You're going to get that volcano that just needs to be expressed. So just know and understand 
but they are pushing themselves to their limits, their personal limits. And sometimes it's really balanced and simple and chill and really exciting. And other times they're really pushing and they need someone to talk to who they can just kind of fall apart with because they are the person who is holding everything together for the whole company. Because a lot of people who are working for a business owner are believing in the business owner's vision. They're leaning on the business owner to provide that excitement, that energy, the ideas, the passion, that movement that's constantly going forward. And sometimes that puts a lot of pressure on the business owner to show up in the right way every single day. And guess what? They're human. Sometimes they don't feel like going to work. Sometimes they're tired. Sometimes they're bothered by you because you're not doing your job and they're constantly are having to give you pep talks or teach you or train you and you don't seem to get it. And they're human too. They're carrying their own weight, their own burden, and they need someone to talk to and to work it out. So tip number two, don't be surprised if you become a part-time therapist. Now you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be a part-time therapist. You don't have to do any of these things. You have agency, you have choice too, and you can show up in the relationship anytime you want. You may be in a relationship where you don't want to hear about the business at all. Your husband comes home, how's your day? Great. And you just move on and that might work. So if that's working for you, awesome. Keep going in that direction. I grew up in a home where my dad came home and he didn't really tell us much about his work. I knew very little about what he did, what happened there, the hard things, the great things. He would just come home and say, how's your day? Today was great. And then we would spend all of our time focusing on the family. Currently now in our family, it's very different, very opposite. I hear about the business, all the ins and the outs and everything all day, every day. Okay, not all day because we have limits to enjoying family time, not talking about business and focusing on family as the priority. But Justin is very verbal, so I hear about it a lot. At first, I used to think, oh my gosh, there are problems. I need to solve all these problems. He would take that burden and then it would become my burden. And then he was afraid to talk to me about it because it would stress me out. And then he's carrying this all alone. And then before you know it, he's falling apart because he doesn't have anyone to confide in. He doesn't need me to solve his problems. He doesn't need me to come to the rescue. He just needs to vent, get that energy out of the way so then he can have that creative energy come back into him and he can move forward. When you are in a situation where you're dealing with negativity or negativity is working out of you, it's really hard to be creative. It's very different. You can't go sit down and create a podcast when you're working through this baggage that you have about current situations in your business. So if you're not that person that your spouse can talk to that can work through all the stress, find someone in the business and maybe a friend or a family member who can talk to him or her to allow them to work off that emotional baggage that they carry as a business owner or that you carry together. Okay, tip number three kind of goes with tip number two. Business owners need to do a lot of brainstorming. They have a lot of ideas that need to be talked through. If they're not able to talk to someone, then those ideas get bottlenecked in their brain and they're not able to teach and train and take the action and do the things that they need to do to keep moving forward. And so they need a lot of conversation. They need a lot of brainstorming. Not all business owners are the same, obviously. So they may not need this. But what I have found from all of the business owners that I know and from my own experience is that to run a business is to have a lot of ideas. And those ideas need to be talked about. Now, since Justin and I work together, I try to stay as involved as much as I can so that Justin has someone to talk to and to brainstorm and to just riff ideas off. So I try to keep myself educated, informed, and sometimes he forces that on me because I'm like, dude, I can't be doing that right now, but he wants me to be informed on all the things so that he and I can have a really good discussion because he trusts my judgment, my opinion, and we can make decisions together, which helps take some of that decision burden off of him so that all the pressure is not just riding on him. Now, this might be someone else in the company. It might be a team. It might be someone in that area. It doesn't all have to be on you. And if it's not you, it's good to know that the business owner has someone that he or she can talk to. Just know that they have ideas and they need to be talked about. And it's really powerful for them to express verbally what's going on in their head, what they're seeing, what they're envisioning so that it can come to fruition. That is part of the creative process, getting it out of my head 
talking about it, helping other people to see the vision, and then putting into steps, action, practical things that need to get done so that that dream and idea can come to fruition on a day-to-day basis. It is a living, breathing thing that they want to be able to continue to talk about, to digest, to work through, to create, to implement, all these different steps that are needed. And brainstorming is really important in that. Okay, tip number four. Sometimes business owners' eyes are bigger than their to-dos. For example, they have this idea and they're so excited. And for some reason, it seems like a lot of business owners who are these visionary type people, they can see this big, beautiful end result, but it's almost like they're blind sometimes to the process and how much work and how much it's gonna take to get there. At least that's been my experience with Justin. He'll have these ideas and he's like, we should take over the world. (laughs) I'm like, Wait, do you understand what that entails? Now, I'm more of the implementer, which means if he has an idea and he shares it, I'm thinking about all the steps in between where he's not thinking about any of that. It is just, here's the end in sight. Not sure how I'm going to get there. Not sure how we're going to do it, but we are going to do it. Where instantly that triggers my implementer's brain, which is, oh, wow. Okay. So what does this mean? Do you know that you can do that? What's your time frame? So a lot of times business owners' eyes are bigger than their to-do list because they want this done now. They want it done today. They want this big, huge thing. And a lot of times they don't even know how to do that. They're not even professionals in that thing. I want this website done this way. I want this employee this way. I want this content done this way. I want XYZ results done at this time and in this way. Now that's a beautiful thing because they really push you. It's like that saying where they say, if you shoot for the moon, you'll hit the stars. Like this is how entrepreneurs for me work. They shoot for big things. And a lot of times that really pushes people's buttons. And sometimes they need a little help in realizing, okay, here's your big goal. Here's your big idea. Here's what actually can happen. So giving feedback, helping them to understand what it is there they're creating and how much time and effort that will take. Not to be a dream killer, not to be just like, oh, I don't know if we can do this, but to help them to keep in balance because they want to do big things and they want to do them fast. And then sometimes they get really frustrated when things don't happen in the way they see, in the way they want, in the time frame that they are hoping for. So helping them to work through that so that they don't get too frustrated when the rest of the world isn't keeping up with their awesome big vision. Tip number five goes along with number four. They will push your buttons. If they have a bigger vision than you currently have for your life or your situation or the job that you have with them, then they will push your buttons. They're big dreamers. They're goers. They're doers. They're big energy And they're just going to want to push and pull and say and do things that are typically outside of your comfort zone. I watch Justin do this all the time. In fact, in our last podcast, he talked to Brogan and Tyson and gave him these big aspirations in a short amount of time. If you didn't listen to that podcast, it's really good. I recommend you go check it out. But Tyson and Brogan were basically leaning on Justin's belief in them. Entrepreneurs are big believers. So a lot of times they believe in something and you can feel it and you're willing to take that step out onto that ledge to make that thing happen. But they're going to push your buttons from time to time. And when people get pushed outside of their comfort zones, they don't like it. We react funny sometimes. We're just like, no, and I don't want to. And, and if you're in a relationship with a business owner and they push your buttons and they push you outside of your comfort zone and you trust them and you know that they're actually going to do the thing that they say that they're going to do and they've proven to be someone who can create something Let them push your buttons. Let them push you. They have this big vision. Belief is insanely powerful in life. If you believe in something, it gets going. So allow that person to push your buttons. Allow them to expose the things in you that you're afraid of, the things that you know you don't want to do and aren't willing to do, but deep down inside, you really do want to do it. Let them push you out of your comfort zone. You will not regret it. As long as you continually try to maintain balance in your home, personal, and business life, Pushing yourself out of your comfort zone is so uncomfortable, but it also is so rewarding. 
And being in a relationship with someone who dreams big and has goals and is willing to put some work behind it, whether it's small, whether it's big, is really what builds confidence and experience and makes life really exciting. So let them push you and push them back. Tip number six, as we talked about, they are believers in life and what's possible, what you can do, what you can achieve. And the really, really cool thing about being married to someone like that is that not only will they believe in themselves and their dreams and their vision, is they'll believe in you. They're big believers in people. They are people builders. They will find people who don't believe in themselves and they can seize a skill set in there or an ability or a desire and they will pull that out of you. It is one of my absolute favorite things about Justin. There have been times where he has believed in me way more than I believed in myself. And there have been times when I believed in him way more than he has believed in himself because I'm also a believer in the cool possibilities of life. One of my favorite things that I've watched over these 20 years in Justin is his ability to believe in people. Time and time and time again, people have come to him and said, how did you do this? How do I get here? I want this. I want to be here. I see that you're doing this. How did you get there? How did you do that? And he believes in them and he can talk them through it and he can help them see and actually get where they want to get. Most people come to him and say, I want this, but I can't because of X, Y, Z. And they may not say it that bluntly or that boldly, but it's essentially what they're saying. Oh, Justin, that worked for you because of this. And he says, no, it is not true. It works for everyone. Let me help you see. Let me show you why. He helps people see what they want. And what's crazy is a lot of times he doesn't really care what they want. He just wants to help them get to where they want to go so that they can realize life is their game. Like he talks about, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to learn? Get out there and go create it. It's pretty amazing to have someone in your corner who is a believer in you because he'll believe in you. He'll believe in your kids. He'll believe in your siblings. He'll believe in your parents. It's like, I always get emotional on this dang podcast. I can see conversation after conversation of Justin talking to my family, to my kids, to his family, to strangers, to people we've worked with and has helped them see themselves time and time again in a way that they wanna see themselves and they take the action and they go forward. So if you are in a relationship with a believer, congratulations, man, they believe and they'll believe in you. And that's a pretty cool thing. Tip number seven, you married someone who likes to solve problems. That's what business owners do. They get paid to solve problems. The bigger the problem, the bigger the paycheck has been my experience. Now, those who think that running a business is not solving problems, well, here's a wake-up call. You're married to someone who likes to solve problems. Therefore, sometimes they might want to solve your problems even when you don't want them solved. And sometimes they get really frustrated when they can't solve other people's problems. So as we were talking about, they're big believers in people. Like They can see that this person standing in front of them wants to achieve something financially in their life, and they know that that person can do it if they were just willing to do certain things for a certain amount of time consistently, they would get their goals, but they can also see what they're avoiding. And to them, it's pretty obvious a lot of times what someone is avoiding, what they're not doing, and they get really frustrated sometimes when it's so clear to them and so hard to see for someone else. So when you're married to someone who every single day of their life is solving problems and they can't solve a problem, they can't force a problem to be solved, especially when it's someone else's responsibility, sometimes they get a little frustrated. And as we talked about, some of that part-time therapy might come with them being frustrated that not other people want to solve problems in the way that they want to solve them, at the speed to which they want to solve them, to the degree to which they like to solve problems. So I love being married to a problem solver. 
But also I get to deal with some frustration when he can't solve problems or he can't force other people to solve their own problems and he has to deal with them. I would never do that. I would never have that situation. <laughs> it's funny talking about all these things because I'm like, man, a lot of the things that Justin does, I do as well. But also some of the things that he really struggles with, I'm really good at. And it, it kind of flops for the both of us. It's pretty incredible to experience life and to be married and to have kids and to also run a business with another human being. It's like there's so many experiences Justin and I have been through together which is probably why I cry almost every single episode because it really reaches my heart of like our life, our daily life living together on this planet with our three kids and exploring the world and creating something and sharing our voices. It's a wild ride and I wouldn't have it any other way. Tip number eight. Okay, so you're married to an entrepreneur. Chances are you're also married to someone who's a bit of a salesperson. You know what I'm talking about? Like they're good at taking their vision and their ideas and selling you on it. So over the years, I've noticed Justin's techniques for introducing ideas or projects or businesses or whatever it is, if it's personal, if it's business, I have learned that I'm married to someone who's going to try to sell me on that idea and then most likely talk me in to doing a lot of the work with them on it. <laughs> and so I've learned some of his sell strategies. Man, Justin has talked me into so many things. He's gotten better and better at doing it over the years. And we've gotten more in line with the things that we want to do and the things that we want to create and the lifestyle that we want to live together. So that's cool. But at the beginning, man, he really had to sell me hard on some things. And at first he would come to me with like, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And I would fight. I would instantly fight against it because it pushed my buttons. It was riskier. It was crazier than I ever wanted to do. It was out of the realm I was currently in and I just fight it. He's gotten smarter where he starts to plant these seeds and these ideas. And he asks me, well, what do you think? And he kind of puts me in the driver's seat a little bit more. And, and sometimes I get in these situations where I'm like, what? how in the world am I in charge of accounting right now? And I'm doing all these things I don't really want to do. So make sure when you're married to someone who's good at selling you on the vision that you want to be in long term. Now, sometimes I'm in positions where we're getting something started. I have to do this for a certain period of time. And then I hand it over to someone who is usually better at it than I am. And I've gotten myself in some pretty messy situations where I'm stuck doing something I just don't want to do. I don't like it drains my battery and someone else would be way better equipped to do it. So keep in mind, if they have an idea, they're good at selling it to you. And sometimes they're good at selling their pain points and avoiding certain things so that you end up stepping in and fixing those and taking care of those because they're so good at selling different things to allow to allow that vision to move forward. And they might use different techniques to get you to do the things that they don't want to do either. So keep in mind, you're married to a salesperson. That's really good. There's some benefits to that. But sometimes you might get a little hoodwinked into doing something you don't really want to do. So make sure to have your own backbone, your own voice, your own thoughts, your own ideas, and put yourself in a position that you want to be in. Whether that is I stay at home, I take care of the kids, I don't want to be involved in the business at all, or I really want to be highly involved in the business and I want to do this, this, and this, and these are my genius zones. And each of those are great and wonderful, but put yourself in a position that you want to be in, not one you just kind of got put into because there was a gap in the business that you saw that needed to be filled and you sold yourself on being in that position that you really don't want to do. Keep that in mind. Tip number nine, if you are married to someone who is a little more entrepreneurial than you, they probably have a higher tolerance for risk, meaning they're willing to risk more on a daily basis. And so sometimes that might be stressful for you. Do you know what your level of risk is, what you're comfortable with risking with time, family time, marriage, finances? What are your current levels of risk? What is his or hers? And how does that work? Like if you have someone who's got a really low tolerance for risk and they're married to someone who has a really high tolerance for risk, that can be a situation where there can be a lot of contention, a lot of frustration, a lot of angst, a lot of stress. So a good conversation that you might want to have is what is your level of risk? What are you willing to risk? What matters to you? 
here's where I'm at. Like, what? how much money are you willing to risk? How much time are you willing to risk? How much of your personal self are you willing to risk? Are you willing to talk about your personal life on a, on a podcast or put yourself out there on social media? Are you very publicly open? Are you really private and kind of hidden behind the business? Like, how does it work for you? And how do you guys bridge that gap? How do you communicate on certain things so that there's not friction and frustration in a marriage? I mean, there have been so many times where Justin's tolerance of risk has been way higher than mine. So he'll take these big risks. And when those don't go well and we haven't talked about it and we're not matched on that enough, I'll get really mad and frustrated. And those have been sources of contention for us because it's not something we communicated very well on. Therefore, he took the risk. I didn't support it. I didn't want it. And then for years, I'm talking to him about that one time that he made that mistake and it cost us all this money. That's not a good situation to be in. You don't want to be that person. He doesn't want to be that person. And you don't want to be dealing with that contention. What are the risks you're willing to take? How do you want to support them in taking risks? Are you willing to face some of your fears? Because sometimes the risks that they take are really needed. They're really important. Pretty much all the risks that Justin and I have taken have been needed risks that I would not have taken probably on my own. And so it's an interesting thing to hear someone say, I want to do this and you be able to decipher between, is that a good idea or am I just scared? And honestly, there are all kinds of risks that we could take right now, but we just don't want to because they'll drain your energy, your emotional battery. They'll take too much out of the marriage, out of the home, out of the family, out of the business. So we've gotten better and better at taking calculated risks staying focused, not just jumping from one thing to another, not doing 10 things at once, starting small, realizing you're building something and you're building assets and they build piece at a time, not just trying to take over the world in a month. What is their risk tolerance? What's yours? Talk about it and continue to talk about it because you'll be continually taking risks. And if you're on the same page enough, you'll be able to support them as opposed to beat them down when those risks aren't going as you planned. Tip number 10. A lot of times business owners need help with balance. They are thinking, thinking, thinking at such a deep level on how they can take this thing out of thin air and create it and not only take care of your family, but other people's families when they choose to work with you. That takes thinking, that takes time, that takes training, that takes a lot of energy to create something. And so it's really easy for them to get deep down into that business. And it takes some time for them to come up out of that world and then flop over into the family world in an instant. Now, if you're working from home, you don't have like a 20 minute drive to kind of decompress and work things through and realize like, okay, I'm driving from here to here. And maybe you do, if you do, that's great. Take that time to decompress. But you may be walking outside of your bedroom and walking to the next room and there's your family right there. Are you able to make that transition and be present and have that balance to where you're not sitting at dinner zoned out thinking about how the sales funnel is going to work while your family's having this really fun conversation about something and then you interject with this random thing that everybody's like, wait, what? (laughs) Where have you been? Or you snap easily and you're frustrated because you got so much on your plate that you don't know how to transition and then you feel guilty because you're not there and you're not present. So sometimes entrepreneurs need help with balance and sometimes you need help with your own balance because you'll give a lot to them to help them carry the burden that they're carrying. So learn, study, understand balance. What works for you? What's unique to your family and your situation? What do you need and how can you both find balance in your own life? Tip number 10 goes along with tip number 11, which is do not sacrifice yourself to the business. There will always be plenty to do in the business. Meaning sometimes when a spouse starts a startup and there's a lot of time and energy that goes into that, you're new at it. Maybe you don't know what you're doing. Maybe you're scared and you're just working, 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 working. Sometimes the person who is in a relationship with that person working so hard in the business will just allow them to just go to town in the business and they will take care of everything on the home front. They won't have any personal needs. They won't have any family needs. They just allow that person to just work, work, work while they take care of everything else. And before you know it, they're disconnected. They're both burnt out because they're sacrificing too much for the business. There is always something to do in the business. There's always an idea, someone to talk to, someone to train, something to do that could take your time all day, every day. And so it becomes really important that you have boundaries. 
that you don't spend years and years and years going. You know, when they get to this point, I will finally tell my husband that we need more of your time and attention when you get to here. Because there's always the next thing. They're always having ideas. They're always doing something. They're always pushing towards something. And so it's really easy to just let them run. And then before you know it, the business life and home life are two separate. You're living in these different worlds. You're just ships crossing in the night and there's not a whole lot of connection. Do not sacrifice yourself to the business. Remember, the business is for the family. The family is not for the business. And tip number 12 plays right into that. If you're creating all this time and energy and space to build this business, make sure you're putting time and energy into your relationship. It doesn't just happen. You've got to be intentional about the time you want to spend with each other. And there has to be energy and intention and things put into that relationship to help it to stay alive and healthy and strong. So some things that we've done is we like to go on a date once or twice a week, at least. And as the kids have gotten older and they can babysit themselves, sometimes that's more. Now we are on a nine month trip where we're working every day till about one or two, sometimes more, sometimes less. And then each day we go hang out with the kids and go do some kind of cool adventure in the place that we're currently staying. And so that's been a little bit trickier and it's been three weeks that just it has been three weeks that our family has been traveling and Justin and I are starting to feel the pains of okay we haven't had like a date just you and me alone for like three weeks we're starting to feel the pain of that and so even on this vacation we're going okay how can you and I just spend time alone together we went on a run this morning it took a little extra long on that run so that we could just talk and just have him and I together because that relationship is really important. Sometimes you will need to set cutoff times. From this time to this time at night, we cannot talk about business. These are no business zones. From this time to this time in the morning, no business zones. These days, no business zones. You know, sometimes when you're married to someone who can be a little obsessive about their business and you just get burnt out of hearing about it, you don't want to talk about it. You want to talk about your relationship. You want to talk about anything else. You're interested in other things. You may not be as interested in business as they are. And you need to feed your interests and talk about those things and the things that make you feel alive and connect with that person. So there may be times where you need to have cutoff times or you have boundaries. One of the big things I see people do is they don't put their kids to bed early enough. And they just say, oh, I can't put them to bed. They won't go to bed. Yes, they will. You need to teach them. You need to train them. Read books, read podcasts, get professional help. Get your kids to bed at a good time especially while they're young and you can do that. And then when they're teenagers, also protect your time at night where you guys have one-on-one time together. That is something you can completely protect, something you can do. There may be rare situations where that doesn't happen very well. And there may be a moment where you can't protect that time. But what I have found is that when people do not protect their time, especially their evening time, because that's usually the best time when adults can hang out, If they don't put their kids to bed at a good time and they're up late, it really is a huge weight and burden on their marriage because then they never get that time and they're always exhausted. Kids are up later, which means they're dealing with kids later, which means they're more tired the next day, which means they don't have any time and energy for each other. So protect your marriage, protect your space, be intentional about it, have cutoff times as needed, go on dates every single week. Continue to build your friendship, the romantic relationship, like enjoy that relationship. It's the best, most rewarding, most exciting, fun relationship you'll ever have. But it will kick you in the face if you don't take care of it and protect it. At least that's been my experience. Life is hard when you're not in a good space with your spouse. But when you're in a good space with that person, life is good. It's crazy how powerful that is. Now, yes, you are responsible for your own happiness. That is not the responsibility of the person that you are married to. It is not their job to make you happy, to solve all your problems, to fix everything. But it can sure be amazing to do life with someone who wants to be with you, who likes you, who you can have a good time with, and you guys build that into something that you really enjoy. That is one of the coolest things I've experienced in life is a good marriage. 
Okay, tip 13. It might be a good idea to set up different responsibilities that you guys are in charge of in your family, household, or in your business. For example, I grew up and my dad was in charge of, you know, taking care of the cars and mowing the lawn and fixing things and figuring out technology. And my mom and my parents both worked, but my mom would do more of the cooking and the cleaning, make sure all our appointments, making sure we were good, talking to us. And so they had these different role responsibilities, right? So when I got married, I thought for sure that Justin would follow those same role responsibilities. But that's definitely wrong. And it caused some frustration because I'm like, you're the man. You're supposed to be doing this thing. We never actually sat down and said, okay. I'm good at this. You're good at that. I'm willing to do this. You're willing to do that. We both don't want to do these. Who's going to do these? So if you can sit down and separate your roles and know who's going to do what, it'll save a lot of time, frustration, and friction in the marriage. And those responsibilities can change and evolve over time. Your kids are changing and getting older. You're changing and getting older. You'll continue to have conversations about who's responsible for what at home and in the business. And that will allow you guys to be in your lanes, to work in your lanes, to be able to move forward, make the decisions that you need to make, handle things, take care of things, organize things so that the family and the business life are running smoothly. But just sitting down and having a simple conversation about, okay, who's on top of this? Who's in charge of this? Okay, you do this. I've got this. Very simple, but very, very helpful. Okay, tip number 14, being married to an entrepreneur can be a little bit lonely if you don't quite know how to deal with it. Now, if you're married to someone who is working really hard and putting a lot of time and energy into growing a business, sometimes they're distracted. Sometimes they're gone. Sometimes they're busy. So that allows you to have a lot of independence. For example, we're traveling all over the world. There have been many times where I am driving the car, figuring out where we're going on an airplane. Justin's working on a podcast and I have to be able to handle all of the family things while he's handling all the business things. And so sometimes it's been a little bit lonely because sometimes that person's distracted or sometimes they have all these big ideas and dreams and visions and things that you may not necessarily have and they want to talk about it all the time and you want to support them. You want to help them. You want to love them. Sometimes they forget to look around and go, oh, what's going on in this world? How are you guys doing? What's going on for you guys? What can I do? And so you learn to stand on your own two feet. You learn how to communicate what you need. You have your own thoughts, your own ideas, and you learn how to meet your own needs. And I mean that in a healthy way. I used to think before I got married that my spouse was there to fulfill all my hopes and desires and dreams and all the voids that I had in myself. That's not true. That's my job. That's my responsibility. My inner world is what creates my outer world. And I can't put that on someone else. And for many years, I did put that on Justin. And for many years, he put it on me and we still do it imperfectly. But we have gotten happier, more comfortable, more confident in our own selves when we realize our happiness, our confidence, our goodness with life has to deal with us dealing with our own selves. The better I am at being good with Tara, at being alone with Tara, at being Tara, the better I show up in my marriage. So Justin is not there to fix me. He's not there to solve all my problems, to fill all my voids. He's there to experience life with me, with another imperfect person who's going to show up imperfectly and be in a relationship that will expose a lot of my weaknesses and has and will continue to do so. And so learning how to be good with that, learning how to handle that, learning how to be with someone who's different than you, functions different than you, sleeps different than you, has different work stamina than you. Can you be good in your own skin while they're in their own skin and enjoy doing life together? So if you're feeling lonely, it's time to develop your own self and begin communicating with your partner so that you can still maintain that connection. Here's who I am. Here's my heart. Here's where I'm going. I want to go there with you, but not to put this pressure on you need to be this person for me and you're not and you're busy and I'm so mad at you. So you don't put all that pressure and burden of your life on them, but you share your life with them and you're brave enough and willing to share who you are and you do day-to-day life together. You have all these experiences together, but you don't put that pressure on them to fix you or to put things on them that don't belong on them, but to learn to be good with yourself. And that goes along with tip 15, keep learning. 
get marriage training. There are so many people that get married, including myself, thinking, oh, I love this person. This is so easy. This is the easiest relationship I've ever had because I've never had so much fun. I've never been so in love with someone. This is going to be amazing. And we just get married thinking it's just going to continue that way. There is a lot to learn, at least for me, about being married, about having a relationship. And so Justin and I have gone to therapy. We've taken classes. We've done trainings. There are so many amazing resources online to help you with your marriage. And what's crazy is all this marriage training and therapy and things that we've worked through have mostly helped us to be good with ourselves. Not to try to change the other person, not to try to force this other person to do something, not to prove them how horrible and how wrong they are, but how to be good with myself so that I can be someone that that person wants to do life with and so that we can enjoy being married together. You know, there are people who are afraid to get married and that makes sense. They've been through hard things. They've seen hard things. And there's this myth with marriage that there's this one person out there who you have to find and it's got to be the right person because if you get married, it doesn't work out. It's just because you didn't choose the right person or you weren't being what you're supposed to be in order for them to know it's you. And marriage has choice and agency in it every single day. I choose Justin every single day. I choose Tara every single day. I choose to face myself every single day so I can show up in the marriage better. But every single day I choose my marriage. I didn't just choose it 20 years ago and I'm just holding on for the ride, hoping everything will work out and going, oh, I hope the world doesn't come at us. I hope this situation doesn't come at us. Oh, everything I'm scared of lives inside of me. So I face me. I choose me. I choose what to face. I choose how deep I want to love, how deep I want to go into figuring myself out so I can show up in a better way in that relationship. So educate yourself. Man, marriages are the coolest things out there. We're talking about business and about millionaire university, but your relationships are the coolest thing you will ever experience. They can also be the hardest thing you'll ever experience if you're not willing to keep learning. Sometimes as adults, we struggle because we finish school and we go, oh, I'm done with learning. I'm done with education. And we just go into life. We just let it take us down this river and these rapids and we just get tossed back and forth. We're in a boat and we have no oars. We live in the most insane time of life. We have so much information and education at our fingertips. I think all the time, how did my grandma, how did my ancestors survive this without this book that I just read, without this podcast, without this post, without this blog? How are they surviving? I am so glad that I live in this day and age because there's so much great information out there. People are spending their lives, their careers, researching very specific topics on how to make your life better. And they're willing to put that in a book. A lot of times it costs 20 bucks that can absolutely change your life. Now, yes, sometimes people can get too into books. They'll read 50 books, but never face themselves, never do the things, never have the conversation, never face themselves in the way they need to face themselves. And they just hide in books. Do not hide in books. Allow books to teach you. And then you go out and take that risk, that personal risk, and put the things that you're learning out into the world so that you can enjoy your life. You have agency every single day. You have agency in your marriage There are way too many open doors in this life and in this world if you're willing to educate yourself and see that door and walk through it. So speaking of walking through doors, tip number 16, have your own dreams. You may be with someone that has a lot of big dreams. So for example, Justin right now with Millionaire University, he wants to create a billion dollar business. That's a big dream. That's a big goal. And I could completely get swallowed up in that dream, those hopes, those aspirations that Justin has. But the truth is I have my own dreams. I have my own hopes. Justin has this thing that lives inside of him that he has had since the day that I met him. And it's currently being expressed through Millionaire University and it's really cool to watch. But ever since the day we met, I have my own hopes and my own dreams. And that is also getting currently expressed in Millionaire University, but also in my own personal life. I have things that interest me and it's important for me to feed my dreams as well and not just let his big dreams 
consume mind where I just get lost in it. And I don't know who I am, what I'm doing and what my purpose is. I have my own thoughts. I have my own dreams and I have my own goals. So tip number 17 goes along with that. If your dreams are different and not at such a large scale, good for you. I have some very simple dreams right now. I want to travel and not have travel anxiety. It's something that I had since I was 33 years old and has kicked my booty. I am now on a nine-month trip and facing it every single day and doing really, really well. For some people, it's like, what are you talking about? I love to travel. It's so fun. It's so exciting. These past few weeks, yeah. The true me loves traveling. I just have a little past baggage. And so this Saturday, we have an 18-hour flight to Bali that I admit I've been a little bit nervous for because I haven't been on a long flight in the past 10 years that hasn't brought out some anxiety, but I have been working on myself pretty intensely these last few years and I'm pumped, like, let's go, let's overcome this. I am willing to step into a nine month refiner's fire, which sounds silly because I'm literally a block away from Waikiki right now in Hawaii. But for me, traveling has been uncomfortable and I'm currently facing that. I want to be at peace with certain things. I want to love people better in certain situations. There are certain relationships that have been really hard for me for a long time that I'm trying to face. I may not want to take over the world in certain situations, but I want to take over my own. I want to show up in life in certain ways that are important to me. And so if you're with someone who has these big public goals, but yours are different and in a way more simple, and you want to just enjoy a simple life, good for you. And the person you're with probably needs that simplicity. Things being calm, at ease, at peace. Never be ashamed or embarrassed of the goals and dreams that you have. If they're bigger or smaller, even to use those words of comparison is silly. Your dreams are important. They're valid. Put time and energy into those if you so choose. And if they're different than your spouse's, good for you. Believe in them, be good with them, say them out loud and go for them. Tip number 18 is to appreciate them and let them appreciate you. You're both working hard. You're both pushing yourselves outside of your comfort zone, in the home, in the business world. You're both doing the best that you can to take care of each other. I have found that when, the cool thing about working with your spouse is that Justin and I both live in the business world. So we both really appreciate each other and what happens there and the time and effort and how hard it is to create something and what we've done and what we sacrificed to do those things. So we appreciate each other there. And we're both also very involved in our family. So we both appreciate each other in that world. I have found sometimes, which is a bit of a challenge, is when you don't understand your spouse's world and they don't understand yours, it's hard to appreciate each other. So if you can try to understand and appreciate their world a little bit and you show appreciation for them, even if they're out of balance, even if they're slightly obsessed, even if you're so tired of hearing about it, you can still communicate and express those boundaries, but also show appreciation for them. It's huge because they're pushing themselves. They're working hard. They care about you. They want to take care of you. They want to take care of their family. They want to take care of themselves. They want to help others. They want to achieve things. They want to do things. A little appreciation goes a long way for both of you. So let them appreciate you. And if they're not very good at it, let them know. I see you're working really hard over here. I appreciate you for this, this, and this. But look what I've done today. Aren't you lucky to be married to someone so awesome? Like, look what I did today. And it might be different than you. And it may not seem like it's changing the world, but it's changing our family world. And it matters. Let them appreciate you. I find a lot of times in relationships, there are little things that bother us and we don't want to hurt the person's feelings. And so we just keep that inside of us. What's tricky about that is that if there's this frustration inside of us and we don't talk about it, it comes out all the time. It's like it stays inside of our heart and mind and it's all we can see. And before we know it, we're critiquing them all the time. We're annoyed with them all the time and we're focusing on all the negative and they can feel it. They don't feel appreciation and love coming from you. And so then they start acting funny and they respond with the same thing. And before you know it, you're both are like, I'm mad at you and I don't even know how or why. And so appreciation also means you have to be brave and honest with talking about the things that bother you. 
It takes a lot of courage to say, hey, I'm in a relationship with you and it's hard because of this, this, and this. And the better you get at expressing that and the better you get at not reacting to that, but responding to that in healthy ways, the more calm your relationship goes. And if there are certain areas where that you struggle, man, take two seconds and Google, how do I overcome this in my marriage? What's a good book to read? Who's someone I can talk to? There are so many amazing people out there ready and willing to help you with so many things in life. Take advantage of that. Learn how to be good with yourself so you can be good with someone else and just appreciate them for the life that you are doing together. Life amazes me. Every day that I wake up, one of the first things that I think is, wow, I'm alive. Like, I'm alive for another day. This is crazy. How am I alive right now? Like, I slept and lived through the whole night. Now, that might sound more, but but it's not. I have this appreciation just for being alive. And then I'm with someone who wants to do that life with me day in and day out. When I show up messy or ornery or or disconnected, Justin continues every single day to go, yep, I want to do life with you. And sometimes that blows my mind. I'm like, really? Like, why? (laughs) What are we doing here? Like, you're a pill, I'm a pill. What are we doing? And, And to just do life with someone is a beautiful thing. You see it all. You see the mess. You see the awesome, the ins and the outs. And to do life with someone and the more time that passes, it just gets cooler to me. Like, I can't believe we're living together. I can't believe these are our kids. I can't believe we're having this experience together. Appreciate their very existence because it is a miracle. And tip number 19 goes along with that. You are with someone who is working really hard to build something and take care of you and the family. And that's a big deal. And sometimes the person you're with might carry some guilt because they're putting a lot of time and energy into the business. And they're also feeling pressure for taking care of the family and taking care of a marriage. And so sometimes when you're with someone who's pushing themselves outside of their personal limits, sometimes they'll have guilt because they're pushing so hard and they want to do everything. If you're with someone who wants to have an awesome business, Chances are they also want to have a great marriage. Chances are they want to have great relationships with their kids. Chances are they want to be healthy. They want to eat right. They want to go on vacation. They want to read things. They want to do all the things and they want to do them well. And sometimes there's a burden of guilt because they know they can do things and they know they can achieve things. And if they had 50 hours in the day, they'd probably be able to do it all. (laughs) Sometimes we can't. Sometimes we fall short in areas and we feel guilty for the time and energy we put into things that we feel like, oh, I should have done it over here. I should have had this. So just know sometimes when you're with someone who likes to do things and experience life and live life at their fullest, sometimes they'll have guilt because they can't do everything at their fullest and they have a lot of high expectations for themselves and you can help them see them for who they are, how well they're doing, how you appreciate them, help them remind them of who they are to you and how well they're doing and how much you appreciate them and how much you love the heck out of them. So tip number 20, the last one is to remember that if you're in a relationship with someone and it's a business relationship, that while that's incredible and awesome and you can have a lot of really neat experiences, is that this person is your very best friend. That the business supports your personal life, but the personal life isn't being sacrificed for the business. Treat them like your friend, laugh with them, flirt with them, Spend time with them, be with them, appreciate them. Yes, I have been married to an entrepreneur for almost 20 years. That's crazy to say out loud. And it has been a ride. Justin has rocked me in so many ways and I have rocked him in so many ways. We have done so many cool things together and these experiences are just exponentially growing to where we've been together enough where we can look back and go, remember this? I can't believe we did this. Like, Look how crazy this is. Look where our kids are going. Oh my gosh, this is happening. This new thing. Like you and me imperfectly are doing life together. We're making mistakes every day, but we continue to show up. Whether we're messy, whether we're amazing, whether we're hyped and pumped, we're excited, we're tired, we're lazy, whatever it is, we keep showing up and we keep doing life together. 
So for those of you out there who are in a relationship with a business owner, an entrepreneur, whether that's you or that it's you and your spouse together, whatever it is, I hope some of these tips have been helpful for you to be able to do that life together. You matter as an individual. You matter as a partnership and your family matters, your business matters. And you can, as Justin says, play the game you want to play. Whatever it is that your hopes and goals and dreams are, they're beautiful and right for you. So learn to enjoy the ride, get better at it every day, educate yourself, push yourself, take breathers. And remember that no matter what relationship you're in, there are going to be times where it's hard and challenging. But if you're lucky enough to be married to an entrepreneur, holy cow, that comes with some really incredible perks. My life has been interesting, exciting, hard, challenging, beautiful. I know when I get to the end of my life, Jess and I will look at each other and go, man, we really went for some things. We really tried some things out. We really made some mistakes. We learned from those and we had an epic ride together. And thank you for doing that ride with me. So get out there, enjoy those relationships, learn what you can, love the heck out of your person. And one small note before we go, there are some exciting things happening at the Millionaire University. So for that reason, the podcast is going to be coming out once a week, every single Thursday. So keep listening. We'll keep bringing great content to you guys and get out there and live the life you want to live. As Justin would say, class dismissed.